Welcome to the boss level. My name is Enigma. I am a lifelong gamer, 15-year industry veteran, game console collector, part-time Twitch streamer. And this is your Monday morning heel turn. Hope you're doing really well today. And uh, I'm recording this on Saturday the 18th. And let me tell you guys, I am looking outside right now in the suburbs here of Chicago. And it, the wind is so bad, it is actually snowing sideways. I am. This is shocking to me that in the middle of March, we have snow like this but the way the temperatures have been lately it probably won't last very long but wow very odd very very odd so uh yeah i i really do hope you're doing well and you're gonna have a great week so let's get the week started off correctly with uh with the boss level here so i uh, thank you for joining me and if you want to help me grow i'd appreciate that as I do post a new podcast every Monday morning, so uh, you can come get up and listen to it on your way to work or however you want to do it. Uh, also, if you wouldn't mind, if you're on a, a, a podcast uh, app and you want to rate my podcast or give me suggestions, I would appreciate that. The only way I'm going to get better is with more exposure, and I really want to uh, continue to improve my content. And hopefully, we'll, you know, we can get you here on board and, and do it. So, uh, of course, I am a part-time Twitch streamer. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter. At, at uh, Evil Enigma is what I am, Enigma with a Y. And uh, even though I go only by Enigma, that was already taken, at least for now. And uh, that's where you can, you can get a hold of me there. And you can make suggestions, what you want to see me stream, what you, you, know, what you want to talk about. I do uh, my best to help people as much as I can. And uh, I'll be more than happy to talk to you about whatever you'd like to talk about, as long as it's within reason. Obviously, there are things that uh, we, we don't uh, discuss because it's personal and things of that nature. But I do my best to try to be welcoming and help people out as the dog walks in here and jumps up on the chair. <laughs> he wants to see the snow, I suppose. But anyway, so uh, today we are going to uh, go through a couple of things. And then we're going to talk about a couple of different things uh, that are, are going on in the world of gaming. Uh, first and foremost, uh, let's go ahead and discuss the fact or talk about the fact I am a part of a uh, content creation team called Team Dragonfire. And uh, as of today, uh, you know, I, this week I should say, last week I got our new hot sauce in. We do have uh, hot sauces with a company called Kindred Nations. The, the E in na uh, Kindred is a th number three. So if you go over to the kindrednations.com, check out the, their uh, line of hot sauces. Uh, well, they got some pretty good stuff. I had two of them that they uh, they sent me this week. Uh, the Team Dragonfire sauce is a hot honey garlic, and it's got Scotch bonnet peppers and uh, reaper pepper flakes in it, and it's a, it's very good. I actually really like it. It's sweet and in the uh, it's not just burn your mouth. It's actually quite good. Uh, so you know you might want to try that. I want to try it on a salad. It, it I bet you'd be really good on a salad. Like a nice, it'd be like a vinaigrette on a salad. It's actually quite sweet, but then. Bam! It pops you really good with the with the flavor and the spice right there. So uh, try that out. And then the uh, Knights sauce, the Knights Kindred Knights sauce, is actually quite good too. It's a bunch of different peppers in there, but you can actually taste what else is in there. You can taste the shallots and the garlic and and everything else that's in there as well. And and it's it's a hot sauce, but it's actually quite flavorful. And it, to me, it has a smoky flavor to it. So. If you want to try those out, run the other lineup of hot sauces they have over at Kindred Nations. Make sure you enter the code Enigma in when you check out. You'll get 10% off. And, of course, that helps out the podcast and my Twitch channel. 
um, you know, little by little, we're gonna, <laughs> we're doing what we can to, to try to make this solvent. So give that a go, and, and uh, I would appreciate your help on that if you want to. If you like good hot sauces, that's a good place to go. They're not just hot for the sake of being hot, and they're not mass-produced the same way the ones that you go to the store and see, you know, the wall of hot sauces, and it's just simple, nothing but pain and burning. There actually is flavor in, the, in every one of the hot sauces I've tried for them. So go ahead and give them a go if you like that sort of thing, and I would greatly appreciate you using my code. If you do, uh, feel free to you know, take a picture of them or you know, put it, you put it, take a picture or a video, you put them in something, and you can tag me on Twitter, and I would be more than happy to share your stuff out and do uh, do what I can to help you grow as well. So that would really be nice. All right. Don't forget, Cody Enigma, 10% off. And uh, from there, we're going to talk about a couple of things that have happened in the world of gaming. First and foremost, some sad news. Uh, I'm sure everybody knows this by now. Yesterday, the 17th, Lance Reddick passed away at the age of 60 years old. Uh, you know, Lance Reddick was uh, an actor, most probably well known for his role in the John Wick movies. He was the hotel manager. I will take care of your dog, Mr. Wick, that guy. Uh, you know, he was really good. Net. He also was in a, you know, some other like The Wire. And unfortunately, he was in that Netflix Resident Evil show, which was god awful. But uh, he, he was, while he wasn't the right fit for Albert Wesker, he still was good in it because he's, he's a great actor. And uh, as far as the world of gaming goes, he was silenced in uh, Horizon, the Horizon series, Horizon, Horizon, uh, Zero Dawn and uh, Forbidden West. So it's his like, voice was iconic, and everyone who knew him, from what I've read, had nothing but wonderful things to say about him. Apparently, he's an exceedingly nice man, but uh, you know, sixty is too too old, too young, guys. It's way too young. You know, I when I was a kid, I would always wonder about, like, oh, if, if I could reach forty years old, then I'll be old. Well, I'm forty-seven now, and I don't feel old. <laughs> But uh, I am a little older. I should that is the way the way to put it. But sixty is is just too young to uh, to pass away. And uh, you know my my thoughts and prayers go out to his family and his loved ones. That just really sucks that that uh, he's no longer with us. Uh, I'm sure they'll do something to honor him in the next Horizon game because gaming companies tend to do that sort of thing. Uh, but with silence being gone, uh, the voice that iconic voice being gone, who do you get to replace him? You know that's that's going to be difficult to do. Um, but yeah, that's that's the sad news we have today, and, and unfortunately, uh, it's a it's a pretty big loss. And, and yeah, I, I was talking with someone at work about this the other day about uh, we're seeing a lot of people that we grew up with passing away, and that's just simply because it, we're at that age. You know, uh, when I was a very very young lad, uh, Elvis Presley had passed away. And I had no idea who Elvis was, and it didn't mean anything to me, but it did to the generation before. And now that I know more about Elvis, he was a huge loss. So, but now we're seeing you know a lot of people pass away that that I grew up with. It means something to me that it probably a lot of the the Gen Zers are like, well, who really cares? You know, Kevin Conroy, who cares? No, no, it's it's we you know we we lose people that we love, and and being able to. Uh, look at the fact that there are people who who uh offered their talents to us and we were able to uh find meaning and and uh, nostalgia with them is is a huge 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 thing and so unfortunately i don't think we're done there's there's obviously there's a lot more out there that are are going to pass away that um, a lot of people my age and around my age grew up with and it's sad it really is you know um, 
except for Keith Richards. Keith Richards is going to live forever. Uh, I have seen the future, and he's going to bite somebody, and then that's going to be the beginning of the zombie apocalypse. Nothing can kill Keith Richards. He must have the... the uh, His white blood cells must be the, the, the like Spartan warriors or something, because there's just nothing that could that can kill him he's going to pass away one of these days and we're going to be like oh my god <laughs> you know uh i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um but yeah that's uh you know my my thoughts and prayers go out to the family of uh of lance reddick uh you know he was a great actor uh, an iconic voice just a very iconic voice and uh, he will uh, certainly certainly be missed and that's going to tie into what we're going to talk about today now i was going to do a little like Resident Evil 4 thing and I started to record a podcast about that and then I realized there wasn't a lot of meat on that bone so I'm going to use this more of a retrospective about Resident Evil overall and then we'll we'll hit it with the four uh I am playing Hogwarts Legacy right now on on my stream and as soon as I'm done with that well Resident Evil 4 remake comes out next week comes out on Friday I believe so I really want to uh jump all over that and play that as well but I need to finish Hogwarts Legacy (laughs) with you guys before we move into that so that's why I'm, I'm talking about Resident Evil and uh what it meant to me what it means to me and uh you know four why I think 4 is kind of overrated, and uh, at least the original 4, and we'll, we'll, we'll see how the remake is. I've heard really good things about it, if you believe the reviews. Uh, personally, I don't. I, I I pay attention to some of them. There are good reviewers out there, but these days, your uh, game reviewers are more about maintaining their access more than they are about actually giving you a honest look at what they're, they're offering you, and, and unfortunately... Um, that's a problem with a lot of media right now. It's not just video games. It's also uh, movies and television shows where in order for these journalists to maintain their uh, uh, access, they have to play ball. They have to be able to roll over when the company says, hey, we really want this game to get a good review. So we've, we spent a lot of money on this. Can can you Can you help us out? And then... You know, it's 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 happened a bunch. It's happened a bunch. There's been huge stories about about uh, journalists doing that. But that's not the point of this podcast. Let's we're we're going to talk about Resident Evil or Biohazard in Japan. Now, if you don't know, and there are a lot of people who don't know this, uh, Resident Evil is actually a pseudo remake of a game called Sweet Home, which was on the PlayStation One or not PlayStation One, the Nintendo, the NES. I'm, Resident Evil is on the PlayStation 1, back in the 80s. And uh, basically, uh, just like we have now, a lot of our stuff we have now, you, you see that if you are a fan of a movie or a TV show, you can go on the App Store of uh, Google or Apple or whoever and find some sort of tie-in to it. Some sort of game, some sort of puzzle, some sort of something to tie into uh, whatever it is that you like. Well, Growing up, we we uh, had the same thing. You know, if, the, if a show made it really big, if a cartoon show made it really big, there was at least one game based off of it. You know, DuckTales, Rescue Rangers, you know, movies all had it. Your, you know, True Lies, Transformers, all these these uh, big IPs, when they would come out, they would uh, have some sort of video game pairing to them. Now, things have changed over the years. Uh, back, back in the 80s, 90s, and 20-aughts, uh, video game movies were usually 
you know, you, you'd find the the one, one or two that was pretty decent every once in a while, but for the most part, they were not considered to be great. And the reason why is because a lot of the time, the publisher would uh, spend more money in acquiring the license than they would actually in game development. So they would just take a game that was already existing, kind of put over whatever it is they were doing, Batman or Superman or whatever, and then just release a buggy, half-finished kind of mess. And uh, um, you could usually say that most of your games that were based off of TV shows and movies were going to be crap. Well, the same thing kind of happened in Japan. Japan had the same issues and the same problems for the most part, that uh, you know, anime is very big in Japan. Uh, if you had a big an anime or a TV show there that came out, nine times out of ten, you would see that there had some sort of a company for it, accompaniment for it on a video game platform. Sega had a lot of that stuff on the Saturn, for instance. They, in fact, Saturn was actually neck and neck with with PlayStation for a very long time, until uh, Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest hit, and then that's what we call a curb stomp after that. But uh, Nintendo had them too, and and it was you you would uh, have an, a popular anime manga. TV show, whatever, and Sweet Home was one of those. Uh, it was a, it was a, I think it was a TV show, and it was about people who were stuck in a mansion, and it was a kind of a sort, it was a horror puzzle game kind of. Well, they decided to take that formula and that almost exact kind of story, kind of, and adapt that to a, a new kind of game on the PlayStation One. Uh, as the, I don't know exactly how they came to that conclusion, or I, I believe Shinji Mikami, the, the, the father of Resident Evil, was a big fan of Sweet Home, or he worked on Sweet Home. I think he worked on Sweet Home. And he was like, this is really a good idea. We should take this and, and run with it. And that's where Biohazard was born, the Japanese version of Resident Evil. And that kind of uh, branched off, of, they released it here as Resident Evil. Now, uh, the original cuts of Resident Evil on the PlayStation were not in jewel cases. They were actually in the um, uh, big wax, were they wax? No, they were the plastic cases, now that I think about it. The actual plastic cases. PlayStation had four different versions. It's four, four different versions of boxes when they released. The first ones were the big oversized jewel cases like your Sega Saturn and Sega CD games come from. Then they had a wax paper uh, kind of box that opened. It was this, around the same size but it was actually more of a cardboard and it was it was a you know the artwork was kind of a glossy wax paper kind of thing on there. Then they went right to plastic, where it was the same size, but it was it was plastic and it opened the same way, uh, and it was a softer plastic. So technically, it 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 wasn't as hard and it wasn't as cheap as the Saturn and Sega CD cases. So they were a little more difficult to break. And then after that, they went to the standard jewel cases that we all know, and that's where a majority of the games came out were in those jewels. Well, Resident Evil was right there in that plastic era, right before the jewel cases. And it wasn't until the director's cut of Resident Evil that they did uh, that in the jewel. And then Resident Evil 2 was in a jewel, and then and then they did they went with that. But uh, overall, Resident Evil, Biohazard Resident Evil, was a, kind of a retelling of Sweet Home with all new characters. And uh, it was... They kind of popularized, they didn't kind of, they did popularize this survival horror genre. They didn't create it, but they were the, Capcom was, was the flag bearer at this point because of how big uh, Resident Evil hit with a lot of different people. It was one of those benchmark games. It was one of those tentpole games that people were like, oh, that's 
that's cool. You know, it's you would, you always have your gamers even today where you've got your folks that like to play Fortnite, you got your folks that like to play Madden, you got your folks that like to play COD, you got people like me that like to play, you know, story driven stuff. There are very few franchises to get all everyone to turn their head and go, "Hey, wait a minute." And Resident Evil to this day is one of them. Every time there's a new Resident Evil, people turn their head depending on no, no matter what kind of game they like, they go, "Oh, Ooh, new Resident Evil. Let's let's check that out. And Resident Evil, because of how big Resident Evil was, you know, and again, it was Biohazard in Japan. We call it Resident Evil. Uh, <clears throat> pardon me, but it, it was it was it hit really big. It was really big on the PlayStation, and it was one of those games that further separated PlayStation from the the pack. You know, I'm using air quotes. The pack. Uh, Sony was ingratiating themselves to many third parties at the time. Uh, I've done podcasts about that before where they basically just kind of said, I know you're tired of dealing with the crap that Nintendo gives you and the crap that Sony gives you. Why don't you come over here, come over to us. You can, you'll be able to get more information on a disc than you can on a cartridge. Uh, you can print them for cheaper. And so for the same amount of money, you'll be able to probably, you'll be able to press two, three, four, five, ten times more games for the same amount of money. And therefore, you can make that much more money. And uh, a lot of the third parties kicked the tires on Sony and found out they really liked dealing with the PlayStation. And that's that's what led to the domination from the PlayStation 1 back end. And then the PlayStation 2 was... was that was a curb stomping. Everybody got curb stomped by the PlayStation 2. But a lot of that had to do with the third party games. And uh, Nintendo had a problem holding on to their third party support due to their insistence on going cartridge because they didn't want there were problems with discs and there are discs that have problems to this day they were load times very large load times on the on the playstation one and uh the, you know they were cds so they did get scratched easily and and if you had a scratched game yeah you know, I, I have a whole collection of playstation one games here and i guarantee you there's probably one or two of them that didn't work because the uh the i need to get them buffed because of the fact they're probably scratched but Sony was was right there with the third parties and, and inviting them over, and they made a lot more money. And the and Nintendo was not in the same graces as as everybody else. So Sony welcomed these guys over, and that's where Capcom realized, hey, let's try this this new kind of game. And they did, they, like I said, they didn't invent survival horror, but they dang sure popularized it. Because after that, we had a whole ton of of people trying to get in on that that survival horror thing. Uh, you know, Alone in the Dark was before Resident Evil, but it started to uh, rear its head back in because of the popular Resident Evil. Uh, probably the most popular is Silent Hill. Silent Hill was basically a Resident Evil clone in a way, and Capcom themselves would go and try to capitalize off of survival horror with Dino Crisis and games like that. So um, survival horror hit really big at that point. The only problem is, is that if you go back and play those games now... Uh, they're hard to play. They're not easy to play, and the reason why is because they were slow. They were very methodical. They were, they, they were very deliberate. They wanted you to make sure that you felt the the horror of what was going on. That, that I mean, these people were scared. So it wasn't the fast paced running gun. Bam, 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 bam. It was you have to aim your gun. You have to make sure you aim it correctly. You have to you know pop the zombies. You have you know shoot correctly. 
and they did that on purpose to make it seem like what you were doing was was more like I said more methodical it meant more you know and and then you came to Resident Evil 4 uh, and that was the fifth in the series I believe well technically what had happened was is that re- with Resident Evil 3 Nemesis they were working on another Resident Evil 3 and once they realized they got to a point with it that it was not it was too far removed from uh, what Resident Evil was they decided not to release that as Resident Evil 3. Instead, they waited and they polished it. They continued polished it. And then they made that little series with it called uh, Devil May Cry. That was Devil May Cry was originally Resident Evil 3. And they ended up taking that away. Uh, for, I always thought that Devil May Cry and Resident Evil were probably in the same universe. But who knows? Who knows, really? Capcom can do what they want to. They're both, they both belong to Capcom, if you know what I mean. But... Uh, Overall, uh, the the successes of the Resident Evil franchise, and and to be honest with you, it got better uh, with Resident Evil 2. Resident Evil 1 was was good. Resident Evil 2 was amazingly good. And 3 was better than 1, not as good as 2, in my opinion. But then you had uh, the little odd man out, and uh, it has not received a remake, and it really needs it, and that would be Code Veronica. Code Veronica still controls the same way, but it's a little faster paced. You can tell that... They were really trying to do something with that to make Resident Evil more action-oriented. And uh, it, it was a little faster paced. The knife was actually useful in the original Resident Evil Code Veronica. Uh, and, of course, they've all gotten their little spit-shine remasters and stuff like that. They keep releasing them right now. In fact, you can probably go on to the Xbox Store and PlayStation Network and Steam and download the, the spit-shined remastered versions of all those games. Quite honestly, they're out there. They're not hard to get. Now, getting physical copies of some of the ones on the GameCube, for instance, is a little tough. Uh, I, I own them all, but they're not easy to get. But uh, Nintendo, because N- Nintendo realized, or they were starting to realize the error of their ways, tried to get back in the good graces of a lot of their third parties with the with the GameCube. They went to a lot of them and said, hey, come on back. We can... We have discs now. We, we can help you. We really want to, to see you uh, succeed. And uh, what had happened w- with that was it's a lot of companies wanted to come back and try and kick the tires on Nintendo and see, can we still do stuff with Nintendo? And Nintendo at this point had, had come to, and, and they are still this way, they have this, this air about them that they are kids, that they are for kids, you know, uh, the big thing that people ask me all the time is, is that, uh, you know, why am I not a huge Pokemon fan? Because I'm a, I'm such a big gamer. And the truth is, is that I do like Pokemon. The ones I've played, I like quite a bit. But I don't have that nostalgic stuff with it because by the time Pokemon came out on the Game Boy, I was playing PlayStation games. You know, I was playing Final Fantasy VII. I was playing Resident Evil. And, and Pokemon was for kids. It was a kid's game. And that... that air has stuck with Nintendo to this day. I've said it a million times, and I will say it again, that uh, Nintendo is the Disney of video games. They they release family-friendly stuff, and uh, during the early part of the GameCube, they were trying to shake that. They were trying to uh, show that they had their... their uh, they could have games that weren't just for kids. They could have adult games. So one of the things that they did is they went to Capcom and they really wanted to grab some Resident Evil content. So that's why if you look at the GameCube 
every Resident Evil was either remade or remastered for that. And it was also the original exclusive home for Resident Evil 4. And you can find copies of them. They're really expensive, especially the copies of Resident Evil 2 and 3. Those are really expensive games to, to find uh, on the GameCube. They're some of the more rare ones. Uh, I managed to get them because at the time I was... Um, I don't think I was working for GameStop at the time, but I had friends up there, and then they told me, hey, these are available, and I ended up going up and buying them. Buying them both, but they weren't around for very long. They were, they're actually some of the more rare games on the GameCube. GameCube has some games that are kind of rare, quite honestly, and those are, those are two of them. Um, but Resident Evil 4 was their exclusiveness, they, they, or their exclusive Golden Goose. They had the exclusive rights for a little while, too, Resident Evil 4, and it was the original, uh, I think it was 19, no, it was 2005, January of 20, 2005, that they released Resident Evil 4. And uh, that game had gone through several delays and several you know, remakes. Shinji Mikami, uh, you know, the father of, of Resident Evil, uh, was kind of famous for realizing very far into development that what they were making was uh, garbage and would go back and uh, start over and would, would say, oh my God, we have to, we can't do this. We need to, we need to start over from scratch. And uh, Resident Evil 4 was one that they, he, he went back and, and did some stuff for that. He, they went in and he went in and realized what they were making was not good and uh, started over. And that's what, in Resident Evil 4 was delayed several times. It was, when it finally came out, I didn't think it was coming out because the release date of January, as I've stated before, is not a, time you release big games usually january is traditionally not a big game month but um, resident evil 4 was released but the truth of the matter is is that resident evil 4 also was the departure from survival horror i've said it many times and i say it now uh resident evil 4 is it's either it's 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 a fantastic game it's a great game but it is not uh what i would call a, a resident evil game and it Resident Evil 4 basically offshot its whole genre and became an action horror game at that point. It, things were much faster paced. Reloading guns was faster. Aiming was faster. Uh, ammunition wasn't as limited. You could, you know, all these different things you could do with uh, with in Resident Evil now were there because you know, I guess once you've shot so many zombies, you have to have something new. You have to try something new. And uh, I'm not saying it's better or worse at all, but to me, if I go back and I play Resident Evil 1, I feel like it's it's a, a horror game. You know, you get scared, things jump out. It's not it the, the the atmosphere of the mansion is very foreboding and and it's it's not the kind of game that you go into expecting to run into a room and mow down a whole bunch of zombies. That's that's not even when you had the the machine guns and the rocket launchers with uh, unlimited ammunition for completing it on certain modes and stuff like that. It's not what I would call the kind... I mean, you still had to deliberately aim and still del you know, deliberately uh, take into consideration what was in the room, that sort of stuff. It wasn't as simple as just, I'm going to go in and just kill everything, and it's going to be quick and, and easy, and I'm just going to do it. That's not how that game worked. It, it really is not. Uh, and... Resident Evil 4 was very much that way. It was it was an action horror game. It was much more based off of uh, being able to uh, kill more 
than it was about the horror of what was going on around you. And yes, it was gory, and there was a lot of gore, and there was a lot of monsters and stuff like that, a lot of really disgusting-looking monsters. But again, it wasn't scary. It just was not a horror game to me. It, it wasn't survival horror. It was just horror. It was action horror. And uh, that was a departure from what I was used to with Resident Evil. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm, it's not at all. It's very fun. But it's not the kind of game where you can go back and and uh, feel frightened of it again, you know. And and unfortunately, that's what they would go back and and do for a long time. It wasn't until Resident Evil Seven, uh, you know, Biohazard, the first person one, where I legitimately felt like things were getting scary again. The thing, you know, there was a lot of horror in that Resident Evil Seven through the first person mode. Uh, a lot of things that you, that really made me go, "Wow, that's." Whew, and it's still scary. It is so. Now we're and we're and we're still doing it because we're the remakes are still action horror. There's you know the Resident Evil Two, amazing game, absolutely amazing. Not quite as scary as the original. It's it's just not. Uh, I'm again. It's great. It's a fantastic game. I love it. It's one of my favorite games ever. But it's not as scary and and honestly it had to evolve if you go back and play resident evil 1 2 3 uh, in particular they're like i said they're slow they're methodical they're they're much more cerebral than what resident evil has turned into so don't think i'm saying that all oh, you know enigma's an old fart and he just says that everything was better in the past no i'm not saying that at all i'm just saying that the tone of resident evil changed with 4 that uh, to this day we're still feeling, you know. The I'm guessing Resident Evil 4 remake that comes out here in six days is uh, going to be very much the same way. It's going to be action based. It's not going to have a lot of horror in. I could be wrong, you know. Uh, I could be wrong. You know, Resident Evil 2 and 3. There were the remakes of those. There were some more horror elements in them. They were still they were scary. They were still action based, but they were still scary. And um, Resident Evil 4 also. For the most part, I think it's an overrated Resident Evil. I do. I think it's a great game, but because of the departure from uh, survival to action, I think it's a little over. I think it's overrated. And uh, again, it's just my opinion. But it did basically start a whole new kind of game. Is when uh, they were making Gears of War, uh, Cliff Blazinski could not stop talking about how much he loved the over-the-shoulder camera of Resident Evil Four. And if you look at Gears of War. It plays exactly like Resident Evil 4. It, yeah, there's no puzzle solving, really, or anything like that. It's a, just a simple uh, stop-and-pop gunner. Uh, but at the same time, it's got a lot in common with the mechanics of Resident Evil 4. And, and there's games that still do that to this day. You know, the over-the-shoulder camera is something that's, that's popular. And that was started by, or popularized by, Resident Evil 4. It's not bad. It's just different, you know. But, uh, you know, that's that's kind of the thing. And, and I sold a lot of copies of Resident Evil 1. I can tell you, of course, I think I've said this before. Uh, I, my first game job was in Central Arkansas, and that's when I worked in PlayStation 1 games were coming out. And uh, the people down there, the, the uh, rednecks in Arkansas, kept calling it Residential Evil instead of Resident Evil. Because, you know, if there's one thing that evil can be, it's just, you know, it's residential. It's not, you know, resident. But... Uh, that always made me laugh, but we sold a lot of copies of that, and it was one of the first games I got, one of my first three games I got with my PlayStation when I bought it. Uh, 
I think I've told this story before, but uh, when I bought my, I did not buy a PlayStation One at launch. I did not think they were going to survive just simply because of what I saw Panasonic do with 3DO. Panasonic 3DO comes out, they're saying they're going to do all this stuff. This is going to be great. We're going to get in there and whoop everyone's butt. But the hardware was so expensive, and there wasn't a whole ton of software for it. And a year, a couple years later, they were done. They were absolutely done, and they disappeared. I had a Panasonic rep come into my store and give me a list of all these games that were coming out, and six months later, they were done. They were completely done. So uh, I kind of looked at that as, okay, well, Sony is a music company. They're not a game company. They're just trying to cash in on gaming. And they're going once they get their heads kicked in by Sony and Nintendo or Sega and Nintendo. I apologize. Uh, you're going to see, you know, they're they're going to tuck their tail and they're going to run. Well, famous last words for me, right? Didn't think that they were actually going to do what they did, and I don't know if there was a lot of people who did. Now, of course, you know, you have your media and stuff, and and believe it or not, media at the time was on board with Sony getting get, getting into gaming. That's what that's that's the thing about journalism that really kind of hmm makes me. <laughs> Is that you'll see these these game companies release uh, these game companies release something, and if they're new and they're different and they're shaking things up, then oh gosh, this is great. This is great for gaming. And then you know, five years later, Sony sucks. Who cares about Sony? And oh, Microsoft's now the cool thing. And then Microsoft gets in and not, and they screw up, and now Microsoft's trash again. You know that that's what they do, and I, you just can't believe game journalism for that reason but um the sony getting involved was 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 huge and uh again if you if you would have looked at what they had at launch at their launch lineup was uh, how would i want to want to say this because i don't want to offend anybody it wasn't that good you know battle arena toshin then was there ridge racer was there uh, they had the rights to Mortal Kombat 3. The only, you know, Mortal Kombat 3 on the next-gen consoles was on the PlayStation. It wasn't until uh, Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 that Saturn got it. They didn't have a whole lot. And the truth is, is because of uh, they were basically trying to play to the hot hand. They didn't have a big... They didn't have a whole lot of of variety. It was all fighting games at that point, for the most part, because fighting games were the flavor of the month at that point, as everyone was making fighting games. And, and their launch lineup was not that great. They had some some good stuff coming out. You know, War, you know Warhawk was pretty good. Jumping Flash was really good. Crash Bandicoot, of course. They they would put their best stuff forward. Twisted Metal, things like that. The Sony would release great stuff, but. If you look at what they had at the beginning, there wasn't a lot there, and and I'm not going to say Sega did either. The Saturn, the Saturn launch lineup was trash. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, you know, it came with Virtua Fighter One, and then you could get Panzer Dragoon, Clockwork Knight, and Bug. I think were the three games uh, on the system that were there because they launched early. We've gone through that before, uh, and then you go to. Uh, this, the PlayStation, and they didn't have a great launch lineup either. It, it wasn't until years later that they really, or months later, where they really started to release things. You know, and they got Tekken. Uh, Tekken was a big deal, and then they would uh, get they they would there would be more variety. They would they would, I remember uh, Beyond the Beyond was the first RPG that came out for it. They would really 
diversify their portfolio, so to speak, where they were re- they were releasing more stuff and getting more than just shooting and fighting games on the system. And that's when Sa- Sony really uh, separated themselves here in the states, anyway, from everybody else. They they destroyed Sega right out of the gate because their console was cheaper, and um, they had just had better marketing. I mean, it was it just totally had better marketing. But uh, that that's kind of how it went with Resident Evil, is that Resident Evil hit big. It hit really big, and it sold exceedingly well. And, and again, not well enough to be the top-selling game Capcom ever made. I still think that's Street Fighter Two on the Super Nintendo. But uh, they carved out a niche for themselves, and they, they turned that into a worldwide franchise that's had several movies and TV shows and comic books and and books and stories and and everything and to this day uh when capcom says resident evil uh again like i said everyone who's in gaming kind of turns their head because they want to see what capcom's going to do next with with the franchise and uh it just it's just good to could good to see that that that's happened still quite frankly because you know, I, I used to think that Final Fantasy was a bulletproof bl- uh, brand because th- at the time when I said that, Final Fantasy was a brand that uh, would would move consoles. It would be one of the fans of that franchise would go to wherever the, uh, the the games were coming out. So you saw the migration from the Super Nintendo to the PlayStation One, and then PlayStation One to PlayStation Two. PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3, then Xbox 360 as well. You know, you you, you would see that. And, and even now, you're going to see people buying Final Fantasy uh, 16 later this year on the PlayStation 5. And it's an exclusive game on the PlayStation 5. You know, it's it's what they are accustomed to doing is following, following it. But I used to think it was a bulletproof brand. And it wasn't probably until... It was 13. When, when 13 came out, my least favorite Final Fantasy. When Final Fantasy 13 came out... I saw chinks in the armor. I saw cracks in the armor. And it was, okay, uh, if they keep releasing games like this, they're going to have problems because they're going to have people who abandon the brand. They're going to have people that abandon you know, abandon it and not, not worry about it anymore. It'll just be there. And uh, Resident Evil, any franchise has the ability to do that, but Resident Evil has not done that. Resident Evil has stuck around. It's... It still commands quite the, uh, the the fan base, and it, it that fan base branches off into several different fan bases of other games. You'll see streamers who will play uh, Fortnite all the time. This Friday, I bet you they're all going to play Resident Evil Four. <laughs> so, uh, Resident Evil is a big deal. It's a tentpole event, and, and when they release stuff, and and I I think that we're only really getting started. We have to see what's going to happen after Resident Evil Eight, right? And they really need to remake Code Veronica. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and put a bow on that. I certainly hope that uh, if you have not played any of the Resident Evil games, that maybe you you should uh, give them a go, give them a, give them a try. Uh, I would really uh, uh, start with Resident Evil 2 Remake. That is uh, so well done. And uh, it's not slow. It's very well done. There's still some horror elements in it. It's just a great game. So uh, do yourself a favor if you've not tried that yet and and give that a spin. Resident Evil 3 Remake uh, plays great. Not quite as much love was put into that as there was Resident Evil 2. But uh, quite frankly, that's 
pretty standard to how Resident Evil 3 Nemesis came out as well. Is that when you, when I played Resident Evil 3, I definitely thought it was a step back from Resident Evil 2. But this is my opinion. I know there are people who probably feel the exact opposite, and you are more than welcome to. But okay, so uh, Friday night and Saturday night, I will be streaming. You can find me at Evil Enigma. We are, uh, I'm, I'm streaming tonight. I'm recording this on Saturday the 18th. I'm streaming tonight. I don't suspect I'm going to beat Hogwarts Legacy tonight uh, for on stream. I hope I can get it done by next Friday so we can start Resident Evil sooner than later. But Resident Evil 4 will definitely be the next game that I stream after we're done with Hogwarts Legacy. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that because it's, I don't play through Resident Evil 4 that much. I can play through 2, I can play through 3. I can play through one, but I've not done a lot of playing throughs of four, so it'll be really fun to do that. I definitely hope you'll join me uh, for beating Hogwarts Legacy as well as uh, getting into Resident Evil 4. Uh, there are going to be some changes coming up here later this year. We just finalized this week, my amazing, uh, loving, wonderful girlfriend and I. We're going to Italy in early September, so uh, I've never been to Europe. I'm really excited to go. We've finalized all of our you know, transportation and flights and trip, and, and we're just really excited. We're going to go to Rome, we're going to go to Florence, and we're going to hit Venice as well, and it's just, we can't wait. I, I feel like I'm going to I'm gonna come back 50 pounds heavier just on Italian food, but um, obviously that week that I'm gone, I will not be able to stream. I will do my best to have a podcast up while I'm gone. You know, I do tape things in advance for, for that sort of stuff. But obviously, I cannot stream. I, I the thing is though is that I believe we still have unlimited data while we are uh, abroad, so I can still say things on Twitter and uh, and uh, let people know, hey, this is what we're doing. This is really fun. This is really cool. So follow me on Twitter if you want to keep up with that. Uh, we're like I said we're going to go to Italy, and uh, it's going to be a whole new experience for me. I've never been to Europe, and I can't wait to see what's there, you know, the food. Uh, we, we have uh, our flights are going to be business class. We've gone ahead and finalized that, so we're going to have the nice plush seats. When we were talking about going, I said, look, I'm not going to be on a plane for 10 hours, over 10 hours, and uh, not – and just be in a, in a sardine box. You know, anyone that's in the States who's ever been on a, a flight knows if you fly from Chicago to Miami right now, they're going to stick you in a, in a long metal tube with, with a couple hundred other people. And uh, you have basically a very small seat to sit in and you have to stay there. And you, you yeah, yeah, I would sit with my girlfriend, but on the other side of me, who knows who would be there? You know, it's... And it's not about having any space. It's not about having any any time to really rest and relax uh, while you're traveling. It's just there. And uh, so when we made these plans, I said, let's let's go first class. And she said, no, we don't want to go first class. There's no point in doing that. Let's go business class. Business class is a step down from first class, but you still get the nice plush seats that you can that lay back, you can sleep on. And then uh, we get unlimited food and drinks, including spirits and wine. Well, we're going to get, uh, you know, the hot towels that they're going to pass around. And we get a little amenity kit that's going to have a toothbrush and things in there so we can, you know, take care of that. And it's we're really excited to go. And uh, it'll, it's going to be a great time. Again, it's going to be the beginning of September. And I'll continue as we get closer to uh, to update everybody on, on that and let them know when I'm streaming, when I'm not streaming. But it uh, shouldn't affect the podcast, but we'll see what happens. I keep trying to find new things to talk about. And, of course, with Resident Evil 4 Remake coming out, I want to talk about Resident Evil today. Um, 
As, but any, any, otherwise, everything is normal. I do plan on going to TwitchCon later this year. We do have that set up, I believe. And uh, I'll, of course, that's in October, and I will definitely continually update people on that. If there's anyone who wants to uh, meet with me at uh, TwitchCon, that would be fun. I do want to try to get back in the, the growth method again. I know I don't stream as much as I used to. I used to be 40 hours a week streaming, and now I'm basically doing six hours a week. But uh, I, I do want to get into the growth mode, and, and I, I, you know what, I, I'm always there. I don't take days off usually. I'm always there. And, uh, well, my, you know, my Friday night streams, I always drink a little bit of bourbon, have a good time on that. So last night that was uh, fun. But I didn't drink too much because I didn't have a headache this morning, so that's good. And, and apparently I didn't snore, so that's, that's good. Tonight will be more of a normal stream. My Saturday night streams are usually more uh, uh, have water or cherry juice or something like that and then we'll just continue play through and see how farther how much farther we can get into Hogwarts Legacy. I think we're almost done, but at the same time the quests I'm having to do are getting a little longer and more involved. So uh, we'll see how that turns out. So definitely hope you'll uh, you'll join me, come say hi. Uh, again, I, I'm pretty nice for the most part. I don't bite. I, I want everyone to really enjoy the stream and the game. And uh, if you want to talk about something, I do tend to interact quite a bit with those who come in and, and talk to me. I try to offer advice for folks who need it. Uh, not that I'm the you know end-all, be-all of advice, but I, I, just, I, just, I just want everybody to be happy. And I understand that uh, we all go through some tough times. And Something that really uh, means something a lot to me is uh, nostalgia. Because I think it takes us back to a time when things were simpler. And uh, something, sometimes something nostalgic like Hogwarts Legacy where you, you're playing through it. And I know it's hitting a lot of the uh, Harry Potter fans, the Wizarding World fans hard. Because there's so many cool little Easter eggs from the books and the movies in there. So I, I just love stuff like that and that's why i think that uh, hollywood and and uh, silicon valley really need to take that in consideration when they start re-rolling and remaking things instead of trying to make it in current climate of things remember that the, the fan base wants what's already there so anyway that's my opinion so i'll be back uh i'm gonna stream next week nothing new is going on as far as i know next weekend uh podcasts are coming out if you want to talk to me about the podcast feel free to reach out to me on social media uh if you want to me to talk about something i do take suggestions and as long as i can do it you know there there are obviously as a uh, console gamer there's and i did play i have played pc games as well i want to make it sound like i haven't but there you're going to find that there are people who um nowadays that are seg segregated into their own kind of genre of games and it's not like it was back in the day where if you said you were a gamer, that meant, oh gosh, that means, you know, you can play Mario and Zelda and Metroid. And at the same time, you can play Madden and you can play all these different games. And now it's gaming is much more about, well, I play Apex. Well, I play uh, Fortnite. Well, I play Call of Duty. Well, I play Street Fighter. And that tends to be the lane that everybody stays in. But, um, yeah. That's where we are. So I will talk to everybody online. I do update my Twitter daily. I try to post positive things. So like I said, give me a follow. I'm at Evil Enigma. You know, talk to me on Twitch as well. Come see my streams. 
and uh, you'll check out a lot of the, the Team Dragonfire. You know, if I'm not on, anyone who's on Team Dragonfire, they're usually pretty good people. They're, I haven't met someone, anyone yet that's bad. It's a bad person. So uh, give them give them a follow. Give them some support as well. And I'm sure they would appreciate that. So I will talk to everyone here real soon. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And uh, take care. Thank you.